Amen. Would you please stand with me for the singing of the national anthem? else we have our flag here and let's say our pledge of allegiance today i pledge allegiance to the flag of the united states of america and to the republic for which it stands one nation under god indivisible with liberty and justice for all thank you congregation you may be seated choir if you'd remain standing don't we have a lot to be thankful for today did you notice who's sitting on the front row here at our church today? Just to know that he's back spells freedom to me. And I am so thankful. He's sitting down here beside Joey, who's going to preach for about 18 minutes today, I understand. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about that. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to salute our armed forces today. So we're going to sing every uh, one of the songs of the armed forces. When we do that, I'd like for you to stand. Or if you can't stand, if you would just wave. Jim Clark, I am so glad to see you today. Because I count on you being my Coast Guard guy. And I am so thankful for that. And we have others too, I know, but so thankful for that. So if you would stand or raise your hand, whatever you feel like you can do. And the rest of you, your job is to salute them, honor them, call out to them, clap, and give them a great time. At the end, if all of you would just stand, that would be great who who have served. Thank you. 
Amen. Thank you. If you just remain standing, we've honored our country, we've honored our veterans, and now we want to worship our God this morning. The reason that we're here today. Amen. Amen.
ask Patricia to come and share a word um, in song with us this morning and then Joe Anna's going to come and read the scripture if you'll stand when she comes to read the scripture
This morning we'll be reading from Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 6. Listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These words that I am giving you today are to be in your heart. Well, good morning, everybody. It's good to see y'all. I tell you, this was one more vacation we had. (laughs) Just be honest with you. I wasn't really expecting that. But, you know, as I was thinking about speaking to you, I asked Joy, Joy, could I just have just a little word? And there was a word that came to me this morning as I was reading in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. It says this, Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You know, one of the things that I uh, can tell you that happened to me this past week was one of the most unusual things that uh, has has ever happened. You know, I was down in the San Paul playing with my grandkids, and the next thing I know, I'm in the emergency room, and they're heading me towards surgery. And then, of all things... uh, had some complications that only about 20% of the population has to deal with, so I don't know what that says about me, but anyway. But finally got it all worked out, and it was just great to, to be back home. And, but you know one of the great things about uh, this whole experience that I went through is where God has me in my ministry. I want to tell you one of the things that I absolutely am honored to be a part of And that is that I did not have to worry one bit. I did not have to give one thought. I did not have to stress over one second of my life. And knowing like a man like Joey was walking by my side, Scott and Matt and Chris. And folks, I want to tell you something. Uh, I've been here with you now over six years. And one of the things that I fully do believe that God wants us to have really come to have a clear understanding about our walk with the Lord. It's not about us. And it's not about our abilities or or our strengths. It's about putting Christ at the center of our life and surrendering ourselves over to Him each day. And when we do that, we will also find others who are wanting to walk with Christ like we're trying to walk with Christ. So what does it mean to for a church to be successful and for a church to do well, I'll tell you what it means. It means that you have a group of people that are trying to follow the Lord Jesus Christ the best way they possibly can. And so as I was laying in that hospital bed and, and kind of just, uh, I'll just be honest with you, it just put a whooping on me. I knew that these men of God, I didn't, it wasn't another thought I had to think about, not one thing. And so I asked Joy this morning, I said, Joy, just let, just let me say a word to the congregation. And the word is not about my dilemma that I was in, but I want to remind you of the men of God that you have in this church. I want you to think about the pastors other than myself that you have here. And that even when something like this happened to me, that uh, you were well taken care of. And God has blessed us. God has really brought a a unique combination of people together. And I mean that too, not only for the pastoral staff, but also for the congregation, for the faithful people that are in this church. That through this pandemic that we've been through and all this stuff that we've had to deal with over the past year and a half, that God's just brought His people together. 
And one of the things I want you to focus on, and I want you to think about is this, is, is where your walk with the Lord is. I tell you, when you're laying in a hospital bed, it, it kind of comes clear to you as to what's important and what is not. And I want to tell you something. Following Jesus each day of my life is the most important thing that I can possibly do. And I want to encourage each one, one of you, when you hear this man of God stand in this pulpit right now, and he starts sharing God's Word with you, I, I'm hungry for it, y'all. I'm ready to hear him. So, Joy, I want you to rip loose, man. No, I will. You want me to pray for it? I'll do it. But I want you to listen to this Word today, and I want you to take it home with you. I want us to continue to grow in the faith. And I want you to remember that passage that I shared with you there. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. Now, boy, that's a tough one, isn't it? But give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's pray. Father, fill us with Your Holy Spirit today as joy steps behind this pulpit. And as He shares this Word of God that has been shared with us, I pray, Heavenly Father, that You'll speak to each and every one of our hearts. Father, I praise You for how You walk with us in all circumstances of life. In the good times, in the bad times, in the healthy times, in the sick times. Lord, You have this past week reminded me of how close a God You truly are. Lord, never let us forget how truthfully thankful we should be of our God who created this cosmos, created this universe, and yet He sent His Son to the cross of Calvary for every single person on this planet. Lord, You are a gracious and mighty and powerful God, and we are so grateful to be a part of Your kingdom's work. Now, Lord, fill our hearts and fill our minds as my brother in the faith, my friend in Christ, shares this word with us today. And I pray you fill us with your Holy Spirit furthermore in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. I tell you, we're blessed today to live in a nation that allows us to do this with no fear of outside interference. I'm so thankful that I live in the United States of America. I'm not ashamed to say that. Uh, this past week was a fascinating week for me personally. Uh, I had a birthday last month, and my son decided to give me tickets to the Greenville Drive game. And so, Friday night, we were sitting out there in Greenville at the Greenville Drive game, my whole family, my, my son and his girlfriend, and my daughter and her boyfriend and Shannon and myself, and I, I just felt blessed to be able to sit there and watch a simple game of baseball. And and if you can't, that's about as American as you can get, amen? They have fireworks afterwards. Man, I love fireworks. Um, tonight, I have neighbors around me that are going to try to blow up our whole section of town. I don't know. It seems that way because there's going to be some kinds of explosion. Uh, and I'm looking forward to it. I just hope my house is not one that gets collateral damage. Yesterday, uh, Shannon and I decided we would go down, take our bikes. We have 
bikes and we like to ride them. And we went up to Forest City, uh, Dale's neck of the woods, and went to slide, is it, uh, Spindale? Is it Spindale? Spindale. We went to Spindale and parked our truck there and got our bikes out. And they got a, a if you've never, they got a good bike track there, a trail, uh, similar to what we have in Greenville. And we rode and rode up into Forest City and just saw Small Town USA. And man, God bless Small Town USA, amen? Things just seem to slow down a little bit more there, and I, I like it. I'll just be honest with you. I, I get sort of sick of this fast pace that we live in most of the time. But I was thankful just to be able, and that again was in the United States of America. And I'm just thankful that I can say I'm a, a, a citizen of the United States. But I'm here to tell you. I'm more thankful than I can say I'm a citizen of God, of heaven. I'm part of his kingdom. And that's a citizenship that goes above my citizenship with the United States of America. And I'm not ashamed to say that either. I have both. But if I had to choose between the two, I'd choose God. Um... I I went to sit. Shannon and I are about to go on a little vacation, and she has a sister down in New Orleans, Louisiana. And I went to school down there. I went to seminary, and so we're going to go down there in a few weeks. And I am so looking forward to going to New Orleans, and it's not because of Bourbon Street, okay? I I, had, I went to seminary down there, and we have family down there, and her grandparent, her grandmother lived on the other side of the Mississippi River. In a little area called Gretna. Have you ever heard of Gretna? Well, it, it's there. And uh, I, I know a little bit about Gretna because Shannon lived there a little bit while I was going to school down there and had to cross that Mississippi River. And But we're going down there, and um, I'm just looking forward to seeing the seminary. I hadn't seen it since the hurricane hit down there. Uh, when you went to New Orleans the Theological Seminary, there was one professor that everybody had to take. And his name was Dr. Cawthon. Dr. Cawthon was one of the biggest men I've ever met. He had hands that if he ever hit me, I was afraid he might, I might break. He just had some big hands. He was just a big man. And he was very intimidating. I mean, he, and this is the way he talked. Like this. And he, looked at, and he had glasses. And those glasses, he wouldn't look at you through his glasses. He'd look at them above the glasses. Have you ever got that look before? When that person was looking at you like that? Well, one of his speeches that the man gave us, a man, Dr. Cawthon, our professor, gave us first class. All these young seminarians or young men are sitting there. And his, his class was always full because all of us had to take him. So, so we tried to get it out of the way. Well, lo and behold, we, he was sitting there and he did this. He, get, he was in t- trying to intimidate us at the time. And he looked down at us. And, and sometimes he wouldn't even look at us. And that was worse. You know, he called your name and wouldn't even look at you. Okay? So you, you start looking around like you're the guilty party. But this time he gave us a speech, and this is the way I want to summarize the speech. He said it this way, or sort of. He said, class or men, you could either be a good attitude class 
or bad attitude class. He says, if you're a good attitude class, I will do my best to help you pass this class. I'll even help some of you make an A. But if you're a bad attitude class, I will do my best to flunk every single one of you. How many does it take to be a bad attitude class? One. Only one. If you want to be a good attitude class, do your homework. Show up on time. We had daily quizzes. Answer to daily quizzes. Man, we're all sitting straight up at that time. We were sitting there and I started looking around the class and, oh no. Because I went to college with some of these guys. I said, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. But we survived. We made it. In our country today, we have some bad attitudes. And I'm going to tell you some of them. There's some people today that believe America is the best thing and it can do no wrong. That if America does it, it must be right. That's a horrible way of looking at things. There's only one perfect man, and that was Jesus Christ. We are surely not a perfect nation, amen? The other is, another attitude that's really horrible for America is that we're just a horrible nation and there's nothing right about us. Now that's a... That, to me, is almost worse than the first, but both of these are really bad attitudes. Dr. Coffin would flunk both of them. And I think the worst is this, is apathy. Those who think the country's so far gone that they just don't care anymore. They take our freedoms that we have, and they think they're just going to be here tomorrow. I don't know where they get that from. They don't vote. They don't voice their opinion. They don't become active in our country. They just think what was when they came here will be when they leave. And we can say that is truly false. But those are some truly horrible attitudes. I think to be a great American, we must take neither of these attitudes. I think great Americans realize that there are things that are wrong about our nation that need to be Worked on, but not to abandon ship. We need to stay on board and work to make it better. We need to work the process to make our nation great. And there's a price that we need to pay. We have people in this room who've paid the price for our freedoms. They fought for our country on foreign fields. And I'm so thankful for them. But here's some right attitudes. And I think Dr. Cawthon would approve of these. One of the best attitudes a person can have to make this nation great is work. These are all four-letter words. And these are four-letter words I can say in church. And so, I like this passage of Scripture that's found in John 9, and it says this, I must work the work of Him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, and this is Jesus speaking, I am the light of the world. Folks, we need to work. Can I, can I tell you a little secret? There's no sense and there's no word in the Bible about Christians retiring from their calling that God has given them. 
You might retire from your job. I know people my age are already wanting to retire. I had a gentleman younger than me just sold his house, bought an RV, and he's taken across across the country. He's just going to go drive all around the United States of America. And I go, wow. Now, we can retire from our jobs, but we cannot retire from work. God has given us, God has planted you here in, in, in my opinion, the greatest country in the world. And you need to stay at work making sure it stays that way. There's no retirement from that. The next is duty. D-U-T-Y. There's, this is a word that we read in history from the beginning and hopefully till, till God calls us home. Men and women have felt the, the calling to, to, and responsibility. Men like Thomas Jefferson, who, who was at retirement age, could have retired and gone back to a very wealthy place, a home, and could have slowed. But no, he felt a sense of duty, and he felt that, uh, a sense that he needed to the, give the hard work that needed to take place. And we owe men and women like him that were willing to sacrifice their retirement so that we could have freedoms here. Men like George Washington, who could have retired, but no, he, he went and fought battles. Could have died for us. He was willing to do that out of a sense of duty. Another word that I like, and a good attitude is the word free. Folks, don't give up your freedoms. In America, I sense we're, 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 we're getting pretty um, lazy with that word. And there's a, a sense, in, and this is my opinion, that there's those in our country that want to take our freedoms away from us. Right now, we have freedoms that people died for. They gave their lives for. And we don't, shouldn't give those freedoms away cheaply. Another word is hope. You know, in America, we always have hope, don't we? You know, in some nations, they don't have hope. It's been... They don't have any hope. It's whatever the state says. I like Psalm 130 that says, O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is mercy. And with Him is abundant redemption. And He shall redeem Israel from all its iniquity. Folks, our hope keeps us alive. And I'm so thankful that we... In the United States, even though we're not perfect, we always have hope that we can be better. The last four-letter word is the word love. And I want you to turn in your Bibles to Luke 10, if you would. Because this parlays from the verse that was read earlier at the beginning. And I want you to look at verse 25. We're going to read down to verse 27. But beginning in verse 25, listen to this interaction between a lawyer and Jesus. And it says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, or Jesus, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? 
What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. And listen to this last part because this, this, is a, this takes it to the next step. And your neighbor as yourself. Last week I, I talked to you about the cross. And this is, if, do you see the cross in this verse? Look at it. Do you see the cross? Love God. See this? Love man. I think that's the recipe for us as born-again believers to make this nation as great as it can be is for us, first of all, to love God. To get a, get a word from Him. To see what He wants for our lives. Each one of us, God has called. Each one of us, God allowed us to be born in this great nation. What's that Spider-Man saying? Y'all know the Spider-Man saying? Y'all know the Spider-Man saying, right? What, much is given, much is... What? Is that better? It goes right back. A little bit more. My sound people are telling me to... Okay. Well, we'll go with it. I'll stay right here if you don't, if you don't mind. Folks, we have a lot of responsibility. Because we were blessed to be born in this nation. And there's people here that we need to share the gospel with. We need to show Christ's love. As we love God, we continually love others. I'll be honest with you, there's people out there that I need God's power to love them. Because I don't have the power myself to love them. But that's where God's power comes in. Amen? I'm not ashamed to say that because there's some people I just can't stand. Amen? Does that shock you? Does that shock any of y'all over here? There's some people we just don't naturally like. Amen? But you know what? In the power of God, I can love them. Amen? And I can, I can serve them. And I can make this nation great because of the love of God that's in me. And you can make this nation great with the love of God that's in you. I'd like to close out our service today by sharing a personal experience I had um, Thursday. Um, I did a funeral Thursday. And it was for a friend named um, Robbie Davis. Uh, Robbie is a brother. Um, uh, he came into my life through my younger brother, Jonathan. They're really good friends. And, he's, and now I can say after 30 years that Robbie is not only a friend. Even when we stood here with my mom and dad as they had passed away, Robbie was with us. Um, he's, like, he's a brother. When his mom passed away, and he asked me to do the service and I sat there and I was uh, listening to him as he was talking about his mom. And he, he, he shared this story, and I want to share it with you. It's about his grandfather and about his mom. Um, his mom was Dr. Anita Price Davis. She was a professor at Converse College for, I believe, 39, 36 years. I think that's impressive. Um, I've always known she was a professor and. But I was more impressed with that she was a Sunday school teacher for 36 years. 
But her dad was named Arthur Fred Price. She really didn't know him. And the reason she didn't know him is that in her young life, he was leaving his wife and child and going off to war. To World War II. He never came back. But before he came, but before he, he died at the Battle of the Bulge, and there's a great story in that, and uh, I'd like to share it, but I, I don't have time to do that today. But before he passed, he sent money back to the States to make sure that they would buy her. He wanted her to have a white rocking horse. A white rocking horse. Well, when you go into their house today, because I've spent a lot of time with them, there is that little white rocking horse that was purchased by him serving over in a foreign field. Money sent back from Europe. Not only is there a picture of Miss Anita as a little child rocking on that horse, now Robbie's little girl. There's a picture of her rocking on that little rocking horse. He was a gold star serviceman. He was willing to go and die for others. A better way to say it, he was willing to go die so others could live. He was willing to go to a foreign field and lay his life down on grounds he had never been on before for you. He never met you. I was fascinated that he really never met his daughter that well. I'm not even sure she was born by the time he was shipped out. But he loved her enough to send that little rocking horse. And now his, his great-granddaughter is riding that little rocking horse. But that fascinates me that men and women are willing to sacrifice for this country. For people they've never met. They will never meet. They're willing to sacrifice their lives for this country. Think about that. I want you to soak that in just for a second. Because some of us take our country for granted. We take our freedoms for granted. I truly believe if these men and women would not have sacrificed their lives for us, this country would not exist like it does today with the freedoms that we have. There were people here with bad intentions back then in the 1940s, 30s and 40s. And I truly believe there's people with bad intentions today. And if we're going to be a country that we would honor God, then we need to make sure that we work, that we consider the duty more important than our own desires, that we have hope in God and with our fellow man, but also that we love. Let's go to the Lord in prayer at this time. Father, I want to thank You. I want to thank You for the privilege of being a Christian. I want to thank you, God, for the privilege of being an American. There are two great gifts that I have never earned that you gave me. Lord, within this church and within our country, there are things I know 
that displease you. And there are things within me that displease you. But God, help me not to stand on the outside and throw stones. Help me get to work to feel the sense of duty, to protect my precious freedoms, to exert my hope. And Lord, help me most of all to love that I might be part of the answer instead of part of the problem. Lord, we know that freedom is not cheap. May we never forget that. Father, if there's somebody here today that's never accepted You as their Lord and Savior, we want them to be part of the, the answer. Because, Father, we have the answer, and that is You. That when we place our faith and trust in You, we know that we can have eternal life. And that we can be a light unto our community. We can be salt and light in a way that we can make a positive influence. And Father, as I go back to the back, I pray, Father, if there's somebody here that needs to, to share with me today, I pray that they'll feel free to come and share. But most of all, Lord, we open this altar for those who want to come and pray. And Lord, we'll, we'll just praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Joey's going to be in the vestibule this morning. If you would like to speak with him, if you need to speak with him, he'll be there. Will you stand together as we sing together in closing today? Oh, wow.
Amen. And I pray that that's our prayer today. As you are leaving today, there will be some men out in the vestibule. There will also be a couple of places as you're exiting to my left. Uh, little black boxes on the wall to leave your offering. We appreciate you doing that so much. And I pray that you're going to have a great 4th of July and that you won't eat too much, like I will. And I pray that you'll pray for me as I do so. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this day. We thank you for what we have experienced in your house. We thank you that our pastor is back with us today. I thank you for Joey and for bringing us the word today. Lord, I just thank you that you have met with us and that we have heard the truth here today. And I pray that as we leave this place that we'll enjoy time with family and friends today. But we ask it in the name of Jesus.